It's time for The Predator Way Podcast The show starts Now Yes sir This is the Predator Way Podcast on Penalty Box Radio, and I am your host, Boyd Farish. Will everyone get excited? It is almost draft week here in Nashville. I know I am both looking forward to being at Bridgestone Arena for both days of draft activity, but also all the great coverage the Penalty Box Radio team will bring throughout the week and into free agency. So heading into the draft and free agency, the Nashville Predators find themselves in a very interesting position. As we all know, David Poyle's run as general manager is coming to an end, and Barry Trotz has stepped into the limelight to lead the team going forward. On the ice, underwhelming results led to numerous trades and a change behind the bench from John Hines to Andrew Brunette. And then starting with his first press conference, Barry Trotz has stated on a number of occasions that he is both willing to take a step back to build a better future for the team, but also that he will not hesitate to go get someone he thinks is the right player to help the team now which has placed the National Predators squarely into plenty of rumor mills. The beauty is that Barry Trotz and the Predators are really kind of set up to do both. They have the cap space, so if they wanted, they could take on a bad contract to add futures, i.e. more draft picks to the approximately 400 they already have. But also that cap space and those draft picks also create opportunities to be a, a bit more aggressive and maybe help the team right now. So let's think a bit about what could make the perfect offseason for the Nashville Predators in 2023. As with most years, but I think especially uniquely in 2023, it is about blending rational decisions on the contracts that they give out with selective aggression to take advantage of opportunities to improve. So the first thing, get the contract sorted, and that is primarily about restricted free agents Cody Glass and Alex Carrier, but knowing who else that you want to retain is relevant to the process overall as we enter into draft week. And really what that is about is having as clean of a balance sheet as possible ahead of the draft so that as those trade opportunities come up throughout the week, it's just easier to orchestrate those trades and understand how you would make them happen and if there are any contracts involved, how you would navigate those. The second thing, and this is probably where I'll spend the most time, don't just go out and draft 13 players. Spend some of that draft capital. The chances of drafting and signing 13 players is very slim. It's unlikely that there will be space in the system to bring all of those people, even most of those players in. With the picks this year and also the high number of picks over the next two years as well, there's really some opportunities to make some changes now that could be impactful both near and long term. So the first part, utilize some of that draft capital to move Ryan Johansson. And look, I don't want Ryan Johansson out of Nashville. He has done great things for this team on the ice over the years in Nashville, including three 60-point seasons. He was primarily the center for the Jofa line with Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson during the peak of the Predators' success. And in the playoffs, Ryan Johansson has always stepped up his game. And then away from the ice, he's a good person and has always brought kind of positive vibes to the team, positive vibes to the room. 
He's been a great interview, a great personality as one of the faces of the team out into the community. But it's time. The team is going younger. And as we look at it today, there is a group of senders sort of ready to take over in Cody Glass, Tommy Novak, and Yuso Parsonen. So when we look at a trade with Ryan Johansson out to another team, he is still a useful player. We're not just trading a dead contract as you've seen move to especially Arizona in recent years. While it may take a bit of a sweetener to move him because it is an expensive contract, it shouldn't be that significant of a cost because it is a player who will be able to positively impact another team. Plus, with only two years remaining, the Predators could retain some salary if they wanted to push that asset cost down, and it wouldn't be prohibitive to the Predators' cap management going forward. The second part, spend some draft capital to upgrade the overall assets within the system. And there are a few ways to approach this concept. First, move up from number 15 into the top 10. And I really think this probably only makes sense if someone like Matvey Michkov starts to fall. Maybe someone like David Reinbacher falls on the defensive side, but that's going to be really expensive to get up into the top 10 and may not be worth unless someone who is one of those top prospects at their position starts to fall. Second option, moving up from the 24th pick into the top 20. By comparison's sake, in 2021, the Red Wings traded up from 23 to 15, and it cost them their 23rd pick, a second round pick, and a fifth round pick. I could see this happen if someone like Brayden Yeager, Gabriel Perot, or Dmitry Simashev starts to fall towards pick number 20. The third option, and I actually kind of really like this one, moving up from the second round back into the late first round. So again, for comparison's sake, Nashville just a couple years ago traded two second round picks to go back into the late first round and pick Zach LaRue. I think about this in terms of could Nashville jump back into the late 20s for someone like Casper Haltonen, who is big and skilled and really has a lot of high-end potential. He would fit that sort of swing that Barry Trotz has been talking about. And really, as I think through those options, a shout out to Penalty Box Radio's Eric Denay and his prospect rankings that were just released today so that I can put some names to some of those spots and be a little more contextual about how I'm thinking about these. The fourth option is trading for a player upgrade. This is really, at this point in time, the Alex DeBrinkett discussion, at least until another player of his age and talent comes available. Yes, there is Pierre-Luc Dubois, but his reported contract ask, as uh, we have heard from Elliot Friedman, of eight years at nine million, combined with his career production, just don't really make sense for Nashville. Just not necessarily what Nashville needs. So in a more normal year, I would probably agree with a lot of people that Alex DeBrinkett is just too expensive in terms of asset cost and the contract that he's going to require since he is a restricted free agent. But in this year, as I talked about earlier, Nashville has a lot of draft capital, a deep prospect pool where they can play around and come up with a pretty compelling offer. As of today, Nashville still has a pretty veteran heavy lineup, especially towards the top. Now, that will change in two to three years when Johansson, Matt Duchesne, UC Saros, Colton Sissons, Ryan McDonough all come off the books. And also by that time, the salary cap should be hitting that higher amount of growth of 10 to $15 million, looking up towards the mid to upper 90 million, almost towards 100 million. 
In that vein, Alex Debrinkit does fit as sort of a bridge where he enhances the current group with something they sorely lack, which is a forward with elite finishing skill, not named Philip Forsberg. And he's still young enough at age 25 to bridge into the next group that takes the forefront of the roster here in the next two to three years. If you bring in someone like Alex Debrinkit and sign him to a long-term deal, he really becomes a bit of talent protection in case some of these forward prospects, of which there are a lot, don't necessarily pan out to their full potential as being impactful top six forwards at the NHL level. Do I think Barry Trotz should go and try to outbid everyone? We've heard rumors of Detroit, Dallas, Florida, Vegas, all being involved and being on sort of Alex Debrinkit's wish list in terms of teams. Not necessarily. I do think the fit and the opportunity are interesting based on where Nashville is both today and also here over the next few years. Moving away from sort of using the draft capital and looking ahead a little bit to free agency, the third thing is don't overspend. Nashville has plenty of depth already that Barry Trotz and David Poyle locked up towards the end of the 22-23 season. So you look at names like Michael McCarron, who is around, Cole Smith, who will be around, even Kevin Gravel. Along with that, the unrestricted free agency class is just honestly not that interesting. Most of the players there don't really fit with the Predators' reset plan. There might be an opportunity then to look at some of the unqualified restricted free agents that maybe don't have a role with their previous team and see if you can get a younger player who might have some upside potential at a low value that you can go forward with. So there it is. In my view, the ways that Barry Trotz could complete a perfect offseason for the Nashville Predators in 2023. To summarize... He would need to settle the RFA contracts early, primarily Cody Glass and Alex Carrier, clear Ryan Johansson's contract and opening space in the lineup, utilizing the abnormally high amount of draft capital to acquire more high-end talent, either now or in the future, and then really being smart in free agency and just trying to go hunting for low-cost, younger value. Now, I want to hear from you. If you were Barry Trotz, how would you craft the perfect offseason for the Nashville Predators in 2023? That will do it for this episode of the Predator Way podcast on Penalty Box Radio. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to Penalty Box Radio on your preferred podcast platform. And keep it locked onto Penalty Box Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as we will have announcements coming for our coverage throughout draft week here in Nashville and into free agency. So once again, I'm your host, Boyd Farish. You can find me on Twitter at Boyd underscore 1212 and my written work on PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening, and be well, everyone.